I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. We've talked before about soul contracts, those pesky, illuminating soul contracts, and past lives before, but mostly between humans. You may be surprised, or maybe not, that animals and humans can have past lives together, as well as animals and animals have past lives together. The key is the soul thread that not only links your past lives and whatever experience on whatever planet you happen to be on together. Soul contracts are threads, if you will, that kind of intertwine together. The energy for me in these situations is always different. It's deeper. It's broader. It's usually, resonance-wise, quite clear. And from the guardian standpoint, guardian being someone that other people might refer to as a pet owner, I prefer the term guardian, this connection, this soul contract that we have with all beings in whatever experience they happen to be on this planet of experience will feel differently. And just as a reminder, especially with animals, I think sometimes beings in human experience look look at a golden retriever, for instance, and say, oh, it's a golden retriever. I've had tons of those before. <laughs> now, exactly, all about golden retrievers or whatever sometimes usually a particular breed happens to be. And lo and behold, the surprise comes when they get that animal home. And I usually get a phone call. It's just like, wow, this golden retriever is really, really different than any goldens I've had before. And that's when, at least from my perspective, I begin to see the magic, perhaps on the guardian's perspective, especially if there are behavioral issues, health issues, whatever that happens to be, because of course there's usually frustration when I get called, that it's it's hard for us to see or it's challenging for us to see kind of beyond what looks like, oh, same, same, similarity sort of a thing, to get to the point where these are clearly different beings in the same animal experience, right? They're different souls in similar-looking bodies, but make no mistake, those are different souls who then have a different soul path. And of course, if they happen to be coming into your life, There's a reason why they're coming into your life for everybody involved, animal and human alike. My perception is that soul contracts occur because awarenesses for the evolution of the soul are created. I'm not really a big fan of saying everyone is here to learn lessons or frankly even karma. I like to think of it as neutrally as possible. 
And I've even tried to stay away from correlating time in this dimension as equally significant. So that, for an example, the more time you spend with a soul contract equals the more significant. I think we've all had experiences where even five minutes can be tremendously and significantly altering of a life path and therefore soul awareness generating. And at this point, I'm not even sure about soul contracts in biological form, parents, siblings, etc. I used to think that that was really significant, meaning that the more time you spent with an another soul, particularly in I guess I would say fixed biological form, at least as far as beings and human experience are concerned, and certainly other species that have lifelong relationship with, say, for instance, offspring, that that was significant. And then I realized I was looking at it from the time standpoint, which of course is through the lens of human experience rather than through the lens of soul awareness, and soul contracts. And as well, soul contracts in this experience don't always equal soul family. If we expand our micro view a little bit out into a bigger picture, the macro view. And to some of you, you might be saying, whew, that was a close one. (laughs) If you're not perhaps on a good so to speak, wavelength with your biological family. And some of you might be saying, wow, I'd I'd really like for that to be true. I totally adore the beings that I happen to be sharing a biological family experience with in this lifetime. There certainly are authors like Michael Newton and Dolores Cannon who have their own thoughts about how soul family and past lives are aligned experience upon experience to support soul evolution. They're just really, Michael Newton, especially for me, and I think Dolores Cannon's first book, were really foundationally shifting and foundationally illuminating for me. And so I'll put some of the links to their works in the podcast notes. Getting back to animal family members whose relationships with us seem different, and they most definitely are. I most definitely consider beings in animal experience when they're brought into any kind of a family unit, whether that's a human experience family unit, and as well if that family has other animals they will also have animal family experience, uh, an animal family unit, if you will. All of this is based on soul awareness on all lives and all experiences they touch because it is a incredibly broad and deep impact that is being made. You might think of it as a visual I'm getting right now is that if you drop a pretty good size rock into a lake, you're going to have ripples. And those ripples are going to kind of keep on going and going and going. And so it's not exactly this kind of closed in box-like third dimension 
oh, I adopted a dog experience <laughs> that I think beings in human experience sometimes think it is. I would invite you to look beyond that most definitely. And again, we we sometimes get a bit bogged down, I think, in viewing the animal's experiences as somehow belonging to us, simply because we think in part that we choose to adopt them. You know, we get on an adoption site and something, that magical something between souls of any species, that little bit of ping, as I refer to it, sparks, and we follow through. All of what you feel and sometimes experience, and it doesn't have to necessarily be an adoption site or a shelter, the kitten coming to your door, the dog following you home from the park, is all guided by soul awareness on the part of the animal. I cannot possibly overstate their mastery at multidimensional awareness of soul contracts and how to best align with beings in all experiences whose soul awarenesses match up perfectly with theirs because that's how that's how they roll and even in cases of homelessness and abuse as much as beings in human experience turn away from that on this particular planet, it is part of the design because of its dual relationship with light that paves the way toward unity within self and with others. I've often said before that judging someone's experience here is way above my pay grade because I simply don't know what awarenesses they're receiving on a soul level. That's between them and the universe. That's between them and the evolution of their soul path. That doesn't mean that in cases of abuse that we're aware of, we shouldn't step in as ultimate stewards of all beings on this planet, most definitely and absolutely. Even in that moment, though, when you choose to step into that place, you are also not exactly a pawn, (laughs) because I think that leaves you with the wrong impression, but you are stepping into an already created environment of energy in which you have been invited and in which you are being invited to make a choice. Think again about those ripples on the lake. If you happen to be sitting in the middle of the lake, say in your favorite kayak or canoe, and those ripples happen to come along your boat, depending upon the strength of the ripples, you you might decide to row away from them. You might decide to row into them. It's all about choice here on this planet. And, you know, I I think the majority of these adoptions actually go really well. I would say that my adoptions from this past July went really, really well and are going really, really well. Of course, we'd have to ask Lil D and Hunter, but... (laughs) And the being an animal experience goes on to live a really full and lovely life within the embrace of an entirely different species family. You know, I've often said to people when they wonder about life on other planets and 
if there is life on other planets, and people are intrigued about the fact of, wow, you know, a whole different species than what we are. I often say with some exasperation, well, do you have animals in your family? Well, yeah, we do. I said, well, you are then in an intimate relationship with a sentient being of a different species. So y'all can have all of this extraterrestrial, if you will, relationships with different species right here on good old planet Earth. And it also could be that these experiences within in the embrace of an entirely different species family, as we talked before, sometimes comes complete with other beings in different animal experiences, dogs, cats, birds, horses, etc. And it's also true at times that the expectations of beings in human experience do not bear out in reality. Meaning, the animal can sometimes transition quite suddenly, soon after their adoption, or within a few years, develop a terminal disease. All of which is still guided by soul path and is implemented into the animal experience. For beings in human experience, this is most definitely challenging because of the unconditional love and acceptance they offer us every moment of every day. And those moments for us of deep challenge, we are invited to step into those really vulnerable states of unconditional love and acceptance because they make us feel incredibly vulnerable. Because to a certain extent we are, and at the same time, I would invite you to remember that when you are your most authentic and vulnerable, you are actually your most powerful. It can also happen as another scenario that you and your family are place card holders for this being's in animal experience forever home. It could be that significant and unrelenting behavioral issues arise after you bring them into your home. It could be that they start to run away or have toileting issues or whatever that might be. And I'm confident that some of you might say, well, love conquers everything and so we'll make this work. And perhaps that's the shared journey between all of you. Perhaps not. It could be that this animal needed to be adopted out from a shelter in order to avoid euthanasia, and returned again, if it's not an energetic match, only to have the timing be right for when their forever family does make a trip to the shelter. I've known many of these situations personally. And to, to, to beings in human experience, these things appear mysterious, y'all might say weird, and really kind of freaky. I happen to love it. <laughs> To beings in animal experience, though, they're really quite, quite clear. Again, I cannot overstate how incredibly intuitive, intelligent, and masterful they are in their experiences here on this planet. And so, absent a shared verbal language, this is where someone like me translates for beings in human experience to say, okay, Here's what we're dealing with. It certainly could be trauma on anyone's part. It could be that someone in the adopting household isn't open to an animal being part of the family. And yes, that most definitely has happened. 
It could be so many things. Part of your journey with them may be understanding how your initial dashing of hopes and expectations are felt so keenly by them. So if they're having adjustment issues, they'll know that you're thinking about rehoming them. I want to emphasize and validate there's nothing wrong at all and everything right with doing what's in the highest and best good for everyone involved. Again, just like perhaps a sudden transition soon after adoption or a terminal disease coming forward after adoption, these are most definitely challenging and incredibly authentic experiences for beings in human experience on this planet to have. And perhaps that's best for everyone, the rehoming. We all deserve to be in environments where we are loved, appreciated, and embraced for who we, who we are just as we are. The bottom line is, if you follow their lead, it will always, 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 and I'll say two more always, 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 take you in the right direction. Even if it's not how you envisioned your happy ending together, because seen through the neutral lens of soul path, everything eases and everyone can redirect to supporting wherever the soul path leads. And for animals, that's kind of it for them here on this planet. As I've talked before, I've never worked with a dog or a cat or a cow or a goat or a llama and have them say, Ugh, I don't, I don't know what it means to be a dog. I don't, can you tell me how to be llama? <laughs> and beings in human experience, we, we fight for that. We fight sometimes it seems, to find our purpose. Why am I here on this planet? And that's a whole other podcast about the differences in structure between human experience and animal experience. And you know, sometimes it does seem cruel that beings in animal experience are only here for a short while. Maybe they're kind of like comets or stars, bursting stars, dying stars that we happen to see across the night sky, that they're meant to flare so incredibly brightly in our lives, just to remind us of how magical, really, all beings and all experiences and this earth actually is, every single moment of every single day. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I invite you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.